Welcome to the guys who are guests here today. I have Brian. I was going to get Brian up to share his testimony about a particular thing. This guy over here, I know he's quite. Uh, I don't know, man. You must. You're getting old, brother. Hey, you're getting old, dude. I was wondering who that old man was sitting in the front of the church, but it's you. Nah, joking. Um, Brian and I go way back. I was going to get to share your testimony, brother, but I won't. He knows what I'm talking about. A little joke. Anyway, I want to talk to you out of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, I was been reading through Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a really interesting book. Uh, I have a son called Ezekiel. He has tattered across his chest, not by my uh, encouragement. He has a whole part of, uh, of, the, of the book of Ezekiel tattered across his chest because it means something to him because his name is Ezekiel. But Ezekiel's a really interesting guy because he was a prophet. And he was a prophet had who God kind of brought alongside him and, and, and brought some real interesting aspects of who God was and who he was because of who God was. Uh, the old story of the dry bones in Ezekiel 36. I'm not going to speak out of that, but uh, Ezekiel, God comes to Ezekiel, takes him to a, uh, into a vision and he sees a valley of dry bones. And God says this question, he poises this question to Ezekiel. He says, Ezekiel, can those bones live? And Ezekiel, in response, goes, well, God, only you know. Because Ezekiel had an understanding about who God was. Ezekiel had an understanding about what God could do if God chose to do it through his sovereign hand. And then God told Ezekiel to prophesy over the dead bones. And Ezekiel was given the, the job, the spiritual job, to speak life to death. And see, it was a picture of where Israel was at, and God was calling Ezekiel to stand in the gap for his nation and speak to where there was death with life. Did God do that because he thought he just wanted to play with Ezekiel's head and really nothing was going to happen as a result of it? Why did God instruct Ezekiel to speak on his behalf to a place where there was death to bring life? Because God chose to through his sovereignty. And secondly, because God knew that he wanted to partner with mankind. And see, God is looking for people to partner with in the age that we live in. Darren and Zoe are still partnering with God on this journey of life. Helping, partnering, um, uh, joining with God and the, and the sovereign heart of where God is at. And my, my, my message this morning is about um, God has called you to stand in the gap and build a wall. Ezekiel 22. Now I'm going to read to you where I want to really go to with Ezekiel. You guys are good? Good, good. So Ezekiel 22. Now Israel had been uh, pretty much rotten to the core. Israel had meant to be the nation that God had called to represent him and partner him and show the rest of the world what God was really like. But what had happened to Israel, Israel had become just like the nations around them. Around them. There was no difference between Israel and the world around them. And this really, really frustrated the heart of God. So this is where we take up the story in Ezekiel chapter 22. 22, verse 28. Oh, one other thing I'll just say about the Darren and Zoe thing. So um, if you've got anything, just you want to, you know, church stuff, whatever, Pecker and me, contact us. All good, all right? You thought you were rid of me, but you're not. Okay, 
from verse 28. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppress the stranger. Israel was like the world. So I sought for me a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. God and his sovereignty has created laws of the universe. The laws of the universe are that he is a holy, righteous God and sin cannot come near him. If sin tries to come near him, it explodes and disintegrates because he is a holy, righteous God. And part of the heart of God and part of the love of God is there is a fact, there is a side of the judgment of God. And you know the law, the, 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 the sowing and reaping aspect of life, if you sow stupid stuff, you're going to reap stupid stuff. If you sow good things in your life, you will reap good things. Israel had become this nation that was sowing rubbish. It was doing some real dark, evil stuff. And because of the sovereignty of God, God knew he had to act out of justice and out of love. And he needed to judge this nation. But there was also an act of the sovereignty of God that God has chosen to partner with mankind. And he was looking for somebody, someone, at least just one, who would stand in the gap on behalf of all the rubbish and all the trash and all the evil that was going on and plead to the heart of God, God, please don't judge this nation. Please don't do what you you should really do because of all the evil going on. He was looking for someone to intercede on his behalf so he wouldn't have to judge. See, here's the incredible thing about God. He is sovereign, he is righteous, he is holy, But he longs not to have to bring judgment, in fact. And he longs not to bring judgment. And he has made this position for mankind, for you and I today. If we will be willing, even though we live in an evil, crazy world that we live in now, that if we will be willing, on behalf of the land that we live in, to plead to the heart of God, God, please don't. Do you know what? He won't. Was he looking for someone who would stand in the gap just to ignore them and then judge anyway? See, think about it. Think about the heart of God. He hated and detested what this nation was doing. Yet still, at the very essence of the heart of God, was he did not want to judge. He wanted to pour out grace. See, grace is at the heart of God. And he needed a man or a woman or someone to at least stand up for that nation and plead their cause. Real interesting. Really, really interesting. See, God is sovereign, but he chooses to partner with you and I. And we can move the heart of God. How crazy is that? You... You, Joe, even you. You can stand in the gap on behalf of those who actually deserve judgment and hold back the hand of God 
It was quite a powerful thing. Now, we live in a real crazy world, do we not? It doesn't take a fool to realize we live in a crazy world that is dark and evil. And there are those Christians out there who are realizing that we are in a crazy, dark world, but all they want is God to bring his judgment. All they think is, well, the world deserves that God would come and bring his judgment. There are people spouting that kind of stuff out on the internet today. There are churches who are spouting out that, yes, they're smart enough to know the world is crazy, and all they want is God to bring down his judgment and crush that darkness and crush the people in it. But see, they are missing something. They don't understand who God is. Because God is seeking to find people who, yes, they get what's going on, or they understand the responsibility and the role that they can play. Pretty cool, I think. I sought for a man who would build a wall. I want to talk about building a wall, and I will talk about standing in the gap. Psalm 53 verse 2 says, God looks down from heaven. Yeah, that's pretty true, pretty true. Upon the children of men, that's you and I, to see, I've got to give Jerusha the, the um, where her and I were talking about um, this principle of standing in the gap the other day, and she said, oh, Dad, you know, here's a scripture. So this is Jerusha's scripture. <laughs> She's like a mother, always trying to tell me what to do. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who, note the word, understand, who seek God. God in heaven, he sees the turmoil and the chaos and the craziness, and he's looking down amongst the sons of men across this planet we call earth, and he's looking for people who have two qualities. Number one, who understand and number two, who seek him. Understand and seek him. Now, as I said earlier, there are people today who are Christians who understand that we live in an evil world. They like, understand the sovereign part of God, that God is a God that at times has to judge and will one day judge the planet. Because the planet will get judged and everybody on it. Everybody that's ever breathed there is going to face the judgment of God. They understand that side of God, but in their relationship with God and in their journey with God, they have stopped at that point of understanding. Do you get what I'm saying? They haven't gone any further. This is who they see God. This is who they perceive God to be. They just see God as someone who hates evil and God's just got to judge this planet. But they lack because they've stopped at their understanding. But God's looking for people who have a greater understanding about what's going on. Which one are you? Which one are we as a church? Which one are we when it comes to Darren's decision today? Are we, you know, like, are the ones that uh, understand through judgment? Or are we carrying more understanding to understand what we need to do as a church to help them? Understanding. Because, see, we're different to the world. We're different. You're meant to be different. Understanding. 
Now, there are those, like I said, who have understanding, they understand the state of the world, and they understand the judgment heart of God, but they yet fully don't understand the deep grace at the very center core of God. The deep held heart of love that God has for even for a world who is so anti him. See, God still has not stopped loving the world around us. He hates the sin. That's why the scripture says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he sent his son. The world was crazy then too. But God loved despite the chaos and made a way in order for mankind to come to know him. He sent Jesus because at his core is love. You with me? But I don't know. Man, I meet some Christians at their core. Yeah, they, they get, they understand. The, uh, and they're happy to spout out about why, the way of the world and what's going on and how dark it is and how evil our politicians are. And in fact, I think if we brought some of the politicians towards them and they were allowed to, they'd probably chop their heads off. And Christians have done that kind of thing in the past. But then God's looking for people who understand who he is. Do we really understand who he is? Do we? Friends, we need to understand who he is. That he is the most gracious, loving, forgiving, kind creature in the universe. That the very core of God is the love. Now, I've had children in my family who have turned their back on God at times in their lives. And in fact, my children really deserved a bit of judgment if I only perceive God as the God of judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many people around your world in your world today, perhaps, really, because of what they do, and if God were only judging, and a hard God that just judged sin. But here's the thing. When you understand who he is, it helps you understand who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is this it? Can I have an amen or a shout or something? See, when you understand who he is, really understand who he is, then you get to understand who you are. See, Ezekiel knew who he, God, was, and God was teaching Ezekiel who he was, that he was a man that could stand and speak to death and bring life to a nation. Do you know how powerful you are? Do you actually really understand how much power you carry and weight, weight, I mean strength, to change the world around you? Do you understand? Do you understand that even though you may have family and friend and people who are trapped in this dark world, that friend, you have the capacity to turn the heart of God and stand in the gap for them. See, standing in the gap is standing in the precipice or that huge space between where someone is and where God is and you stand in that gap and you have the capacity to stand there and call God down to touch that space. I mean, is that weak? Is that pathetic? But the devil wants to lie to you. The devil wants you to be, all you can see is the trappedness and the hopelessness and lie to you about what you can actually do. Now, I want to praise my wife here. 
when I talked about my children, uh, when they've been in those spaces, she's the one at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, crying out to the heart of God. Not me, I'm snoring. <laughs> Not so I don't pray for my kids, of course I do. But she is up there because I've seen it happen and I've seen the result and it may, take a, it may have taken a couple of years but I've seen that God has reached down where there should have come judgment and he's poured grace. He's poured love. How cool is that? Let's have a clap. <laughs> Parents, do not let your children escape the hand of God. Do not let your children live out in the world without you standing in the gap and crying out for them. Do you understand? There is evidence to prove that you can change and move the heart and hand of God. You know the story about when, um, how are we going for time? You know the story of coming my pants up. These new pants are a little bit, hang on, I lost a bit of weight when I was in crook. Looking good for it though, I don't think. <laughs> nah, you know what? I'm looking old and blinking, almost like him, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. Nah, me and him, we go way back. Hmm. What am I talking about? Oh yeah, what is it talking about? Praying for your kids. Stand in the gap. Stop letting the devil have free reign because you are a powerful vessel of the hand of God. And I cannot say to you, God does not toy or play. He's serious about the game. And when he's seeking people, he's not seeking people so they can fail. He's seeking people so that he can intercede and bring his life and his power and his answers and his healing and break chains in people's lives. Because that is who he is. So when you know who he is, you then can understand who you are. And see, that's why it's so sad when people stop at that space where they think God is just about judgment. Because you know what? They become like that. They become these harsh, mean, judging, and history records a whole lot of that kind of behavior. But you watch what history does with those who really see who he is and what they achieve with their lives. Pretty cool. So, remember I said there are two aspects of this I want to talk to you this morning about. Number one, stand in the gap. Let's stand in the gap for this family. Let's send some prayers up to heaven and smash the enemy so they can become who they're meant to be. Stand in the gap for your family. Stand in the gap for our nation. Stand in the gap for our community of Yarrawonga. Stand in the gap for the young people of this community. Stand in the gap. But just step back a bit and listen to this. <clears throat> So I saw for a man among them who would build a wall, right? Who would build a wall and stand in the gap before me. Now I want to talk to you about this aspect. What does it mean to build a wall? Because there's two things he's talking about here. He's looking for someone not just to stand in the gap, but he's looking for someone who has this capacity to build a wall. What do you mean build a wall? Because walls 
particularly in the Old Testament, are super interesting aspects. And there is a lot of um, typology behind walls. So he's looking for someone to build a wall. What does that mean to build a wall? Why a wall? Well, walls are interesting things. I'll give a definition of a wall. Can I have another amen? amen. Build a wall. Build a wall. And the actual uh, translation of when that was spoken means build a wall or block a pathway so that it can't continue. So build a wall means to build like a wall around somewhere. A wall is a structure that defines boundaries and protects what's inside from the dangers of what is outside. A wall is a structure that defines boundaries. Boundaries. Countries build walls to define their boundaries. There are many countries through history that have, you know, the whole Berlin Wall, the China, the Great Wall of China, whatever. China built a massive wall to keep the baddies out and to protect what was on the other side of that wall. And it defined the boundary of that nation. Because China was different and had a different culture to the nations around them. Countries build walls to define their, their, where their boundaries lie and also to define and protect the culture of who they are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Chinese and Japanese are actually different. Mm. Aussies and Kiwis are different. Not much. <laughs> Although I'm going to be an Aussie soon, so... Got to make sure uh, I know what an Aussie is. I've been practice, practicing Steve-O and Jono. <laughs> but do you understand the principle? God was looking for someone who was prepared to define boundaries in their lives. God was looking for someone who was not like all the trouble and the problems and the chaos and the darkness, he was looking for somebody who was going to build a wall around them that would separate them from the chaos and define that they were different. Different. Opposite, not the same. And see, when you as a Christian build a wall and you define a boundary, you are saying, I am different to that. I'm not judging that but I'm building a wall around my life to demonstrate that I am different to that. And I build the wall around me to define my boundaries, and I build the wall around my life to define my boundaries and also to protect my whatever inside those walls from the chaos outside. Because there's chaos outside, and sadly it sneaks in. And also, friend, when you pray, you build a wall around those you pray for. How cool is that? And see, walls protect. If you are a, a mum and a dad and you have kids, friend, you need to build a wall around your family to protect them if they're young. Walls define boundaries. Walls show that you're different from the outside. And you don't want the outside coming in. You with me? Okay. <clears throat> I 
Now I want you to look at a New Testament scripture. Oh, let's just say that once more. The, uh, boundaries, are walls define boundaries. Walls keep the enemy out and protect what's on the inside. Now I want to look and talk to you about a subject that I'm going to open up that is so important to your life and it is the subject of your mind. What's in here? Where you think. Because when it's talking about building a wall, it's talking about building a wall in here. Because in here can be chaos and chaotic and full of stupid stuff. You understand? It can be full of fear. It can be full of anxiety. It can be full of all the horrible other aspects of human nature. And you must, the mind is the central core of who you are. And how you think will define what you are and what you do. And see, um, you can attack the enemy and have a shot at the enemy, and you can stand in the gap, but if you ain't got this thing walled up, he's going to come and kick your butt. Do you understand? Build a wall. Romans <clears throat> chapter tw uh, 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. See, it's talking here about not conforming. It's talking here about being different to the planet and the culture of the world around us. It says, don't conform to that. Don't, don't follow that. Don't be like that. The word conform means to follow the pattern. Don't follow that pattern. And then he goes from how do you not conform, then it talks and talks about this thing called the mind. It then begins to talk about the mind. Be not conformed to the standards of this world, but and it talks about transformation, change. Not that, transform. Be transformed by the, the renewing of your mind. Then it says that you may prove that which is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God for your life. You see, when you build a wall... All the chaos stays out. When you, when you start to protect your mind and you build around it a safety mechanism to keep the chaos out and to protect what's in there, you then enter into a space where your life can become something that lives out the will of God. Do you understand? It's, it's super interesting. Be not conformed to the standard of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You and I are all on a journey of getting our mind transformed. And in that transformation, you can lose some ground sometimes. You can let the poison get in because you let the wall drop. Do you understand? Um, we, we, bought a, we have a building now in Deniliquin. And when we were looking at the building, it was a really interesting thing. It's an ex-Jehovah Witness building, seats 250 people, all that, which is another interesting thing. I wonder what we're going to do with that now. That's going to be interesting. Anyway, but I, that's one of the reasons why I want the church, I want to see some generosity help us because we've got some stuff we've got to do and pay. But anyway, that's another story. Um, interesting when we first went to visit the property. And uh, first thing I noticed, we came into the car park. The car park's quite a large car park. Um, but it's stones and, and there's a heap of little bits of grass growing all around the car park and then I looked towards the corner of the property and the fence had fallen down. So the fence had fallen down. Now at some, some stage, someone built that fence 
because the building is quite prestige, pristine, is that the word? But that fence was neglected and the fence had fallen down. And someone built that real well, but time and life and wind and rain and all the stuff that happens had, and because it wasn't maintained, the wall came down. And friends, that's like our minds. That's like your mind. You can start off well, you know, and you can start off with the God thing and all of that and, and whatnot, but if you don't do some maintenance work on protecting your wall around your mind, it's going to fall down, and that's a space for the enemy to get in and for the chaos of the world to sneak in. Are you hearing what I'm saying, or is this all stupid? So I'm only opening it up for you today. And you know the thing that while I was... It's a funny thing, when I was sick, because I've had about two and a half weeks or three weeks of the stupid flu, I'm on the other side, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But God's real sneaky. I hate being sick. I detest it. Man, I just hate it, I tell you. Good out of me, you thinking sickness and all of that stuff, you know. But it got me good. But what God always did, and he, when, when I get crook, when I've been sick like this on the odd occasion, um, I have no alternative because I'm like going nuts but to pray. And see, I'm not praying because I'm, I'm um, you know, full of spirituality. I'm praying because I'm thinking, well, I might as well pray. You know, pretty stupid really, but it's truth. But then as I start to do that, I start to realize, and God starts to speak to me when I'm sick. Because he turns bad to good, because he's so smart. And in that time, he started to talk to me about, I have let some of my wall down in my mind. But nobody, you're all good, you're all smart, you're all pretty sweet. So this is where this is coming from, the stinking flu. But anyway, hallelujah. So I want to carry on that journey about the mind. I'm not going to go any further than that today. Um, Be not conformed to the standard pattern, culture, fashion of this world. But B, you are called to be transformed by the mind being renewed. And you know how what he does? It's making your mind think like God thinks. It's making your mind understand the powerful weapon that you are. It's making your mind understand that, friend, I can stand in the gap when darkness comes. I can rescue people. I can speak on behalf of this nation even though it's dark. Uh, It makes you understand when you're a transformed mind how much you can do with your life. I think that's pretty good. All right. So, Father, I thank you. You know, God, you are not some, some myth or something so far away, but you are real and present at every moment of our lives. And you are here this morning. Holy Spirit, you are present among us. And you ain't here to judge us. You are here to heal and inspire, even convict us. But Holy Spirit, I pray this morning for each and every person that is here, God, that there would come a new fresh desire to not conform to the world. And Lord, there there would be a new sense of the need 
for transformation in how we think. But Lord, also to understand that we can stand in the gap. But Lord, we need to build our walls. And Father, there are those that are here this morning who need to do some maintenance on that wall around their mind. And Lord, it's not my work, it's your work. So Holy Spirit, I pray, do your work. He who began a good work in us, be faithful to do it, Lord, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.